0: May Hashem bless you through the hearing of his word. Avinu, we we ask for your your word to go forth and encourage your people this morning uh, that they would be edified and built up. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. So, a wife came home to find her husband with his face, his hair, his beard, and his neck covered in olive oil. What's going on, hubby? New beauty routine, she asked. No, it's because you're always saying I need to glisten. Listen, she said. You need to listen. Listening is a real skill. I think there should probably be a class just on this, at least uh, before a person gets married, right? When I was about, oh, is that, was that an amen? <laughs> For men, yeah. When I was, do you want you, you want to come up here? <laughs> so when I was a bachelor, I thought I was a good listener, right? And then since getting married, I've come to realize there are perhaps a few things you know that I can learn about it about this topic. This week's Torah portion and the Haftarah portion both have a common theme and a common Hebrew word. What do you think that Hebrew word is? Shema. Yes, Shema of course means listen. Here, but it also has a wider sense of meaning, right? Imagine a, a husband sitting at home, perhaps he's reading a book or going through the mail, and the wife says, hubby, can, can you take out the trash? And the husband doesn't look up, and he just goes, uh-huh, right? This is a, a hypothetical example, of course, but um, nothing like it has ever happened in the wine household. But uh, But nevertheless, perhaps the husband heard at least something, something kind of entered into this space, right? But he didn't really shema, right? Yeah, shemaing, if I can say that, involves follow-through, right? Action, understanding, right? Okay, consider this quote from Genesis 22. This is after Abraham is willing to offer up his only son. We find this in verse 17 and 18. I will most certainly bless you, and I will most certainly increase your descendants to as many as there are stars in the sky or grains of sand on the seashore. Your descendants will possess the cities of their enemies, and by your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you obeyed my order, right? So the blessing to all the nations comes from obeying. But what's the word there? It's Shema. You listened, right? but you had, you didn't just hear it, and uh uh-huh, 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 right? You followed through, right? The Shema, of course, is probably the most famous prayer of our people, right? What does it say? Listen up. Listen, O Israel. Adonai is our God. Adonai is one. So how does this word play out in our Parsha? Well, we heard some of it from Virginia, but I thought we could go through it again and take a a slower look at some things because that's only three minutes, right? And so... You want to do that with me? We'll take a look at this? All right. So, listen up, O Israel. Here we go. Shema. From Exodus 18, starting in verse 1. This is what it says. Now, Jethro, the priest of Midian, and Moses' father-in-law, heard. Right? And that's actually the first word. That's the first word of the, of the Parsha. Shema. He heard about everything God had done for Moses and for his people Israel, how Adonai had brought Israel out of Egypt. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, had taken Moses' wife, Zipporah, after he had sent her away with her two sons. One was named Gershom because he said, I have been an outsider in a foreign land, and the other was named Eliezer because he said, for my father's God is my help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. Okay, So again, the Parsha's first word is based on the word Shema. Jethro heard about what God had done. He understood it. He internalized it. He knew that God had saved us from slavery. And the name of Moses' sons are mentioned here again. It's mentioned earlier in Exodus, but here it's it's mentioned again. And as well as their origin. What is it? It's Ger Gershom. Ger Shom is the name of one of them. What does that mean? Ger means alien, and Shom is like there. So the name of his son is alien there. Okay? Moses is is probably highlighting his outsider status. Either he feels like he's an outsider and a stranger in Midian, or maybe he feels like an outsider and stranger in Egypt, or maybe even perhaps he feels like an outsider and a stranger among his own people. The family connection to Midian and the fact that the word father-in-law, do you notice he kept hearing that? Father-in-law, father-in-law. It appears many times. So I think he probably didn't feel like an alien in Midian, but I think he felt like an outsider in many contexts. I think he felt Moses felt like an outsider in Egypt, and uh, maybe he even felt like an outsider among his people, the children of Jacob. So this is what I imagine is the scene in the Moses household. Little Gershom, or alien, comes home from being with grandpa and mom. How was your time with Grandpa Jethro, Gershom? Did you make any new friends at Midianite Middle? Moses asks. No, it was awful. Everyone keeps laughing at my name. They keep saying things like, hey, alien, where's your spaceship? Or, hey, alien, want to phone home? Why did you name me this, dad? Well, uh, it was your mother's idea. <laughs> Side note, there is a midrash that supposes that Sapporah, Moses' wife, actually named Gershom. Side note over. Sapporah steps in. Well, your father grew up in Egypt, you see, so, but he never felt at home there because his, his brothers that he longed for were, were the children of Israel. So he felt like an alien. So we thought, why not memorialize that feeling and give you the name? Gershom just sighed and said, I'll be in my room, you know. And they the other son was named Eliezer, you know, God is my help. That would have been nice, right? Okay. A- end scene. All right. So, <clears throat> have you ever felt like an alien? One of the themes of Scripture, perhaps the theme of the whole story, is being an alien, being in exile and returning home. Moses is an Israelite, but he doesn't really fit in any of these cultures. He runs away because his brothers don't accept him as a leader. He's a stranger in Midian. Then he goes back to Egypt where he grew up, only to lead his brothers and sisters out. The leader is an outsider. He is on the margins. He's kicked to the curb. He's yearning. He's always yearning for what? For home, a sense of home and a sense of belonging. Jethro, his father-in-law, is also an outsider, right? He's outside of the people of Israel. The most remarkable figure on the margins, the best alien, the best outsider, is the Messiah. The Messiah welcomes us, Because we also may have been kicked to the curb. We also might feel like we don't belong. But in Messiah, we belong. In Messiah, we are loved and valued. But the focus of the text, of course, is Jethro, the father-in-law. And here we have an example of someone from the nations clinging to, shemaing, hearing, understanding the God of Israel. The rabbis noticed that this was just after Israel had conflict with the Amalekites in chapter 17, and they reasoned, well, why why is this here in this part? Perhaps Hashem, the Lord, didn't want us to have a negative view of the nations. So the story of Jethro, the Shemaing Midianite, was placed right there, so we would know. So let's pick up our story again in verse 5. So Jethro... Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness where he was encamped at the mountain of God. He had told Moses, I, Jethro, your father-in-law, am coming to you along with your wife and her two sons. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, then bowed down and kissed him. They asked each other about their welfare and went into the tent. Moses told his father-in-law all that Adonai had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake. As well as all the travail that had come upon them along the way, and how Adonai had delivered them. Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness that Adonai had shown to Israel, since he had delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Jethro said, Blessed be Adonai, who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of Pharaoh, and has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that Adonai is greater than all the other gods." since they acted arrogantly against them. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, presented a burnt offering and sacrifices to God. Interesting, right? Aaron also came along with all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. So here we have evidence that Jethro was a Shema'er, right? He heard and understood the God of Jacob. Again, we have repetition. We're seeing the word father-in-law over and over. Why is that? Well, perhaps it highlights that Jethro is like a father figure to Moses. Think about this. The, the word for offering, ole, is, it literally means something that goes up. It's related to the word aliyah, okay? And that, is, that word for an offering that goes up is the same word used in the Isaac story, the binding of Isaac right? Traditionally, the rabbis have thought of Isaac in this episode, uh, that he was not a child, that he was actually a young adult when he and Abraham go up to the mountain. So in other words, Isaac is participating in this. He's offering himself because he's a young adult. So he's entrusting his own life to God, and the father and son are working together in this episode. And so they are going together. In our present story... The father figure, Jethro, he's an outsider to Israel, but he is drawn near to God. And so, in turn, the son figure, Moses, he himself is able to do what? He's able to shema from this outsider. He's able to hear Jethro. The next section has Moses showing that he is, as we heard before, he's overworked and underpaid, right? As leader of the Israelites. They're bringing problem after problem to him. He's working the night shift. His wife is worried about him. So Jethro notices and he says, What is this? This is no good. You're sitting with these people all day, morning to night? And then in the Hebrew he says, Shema B'koli. Now listen to my voice. You need to get a hobby. Maybe CrossFit or something. Better yet, why don't you delegate? right? Find some capable leaders you can raise up and try to, to, to do the easy cases, and you'll take the hard ones, right? Like, uh, like the Supreme Court. And here is Moses's response in verse 24. This is what he thinks. What do you think he does? So Moses, Shemad, yes, he listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. Moses chose capable men out of all Israel made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. They judged the people all the time, the hard cases they brought to Moses, but every small matter they judged themselves. Makes sense, right? So there we have it. It's the circle of Shema, right? Right? Jethro hears and understands about God, and then Moses hears and understands about the outsider, Jethro. Moses remember, is also an outsider. He's an alien. and What do we see in him? He's humble. He knows what it's like not to be listened to, not to be understood. So he is able to listen to good advice, that is from God, through a Midianite, another outsider. Listening is a love language. Consider these two commandments with one word changed. You shall listen to the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind with all your strength and you shall listen to your neighbor as you yourself would want to be listened to makes just as much sense as the original, doesn't it? listening can be a sign of love but it's hard for us to listen, right? we don't like it when the other person pauses we think, okay, that's, that's our chance to get in what we want to say yeah just so i'm i'm busy coming up with what i'm going to say right my response right uh, then i can't really be listening to what you have to say but if we're pursuing love if we're pursuing hearing shemaing then we are pursuing understanding others and hearing them and hearing from the lord i have a friend in this community who i know spends a good chunk of his quiet time his prayers just listening and writing down what he senses God saying to him. He has page after page in his journal of affirmation and encouragement and direction from the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine that? Most of us, I think when we pray, it's just kind of a list of things that we want or or need. But how about listening for a change? After all, God listens to us, doesn't he? He bends his ear to hear us, to love us, and we're made in his image to have relationship with him and relationship with others. So why not try listening in our prayer life as my brother here does? In the Haftarah portion, Isaiah 6, it's not much better, I'm sorry to say. We see a picture of the prophet Isaiah and then uh, the children of Jacob as well are in focus. This is verse 8 and 9. Then I heard the voice of Adonai saying, whom should I send and who will go for us? So I said, Hineni, here I am, send me. Then he said, go, tell this people, hear without understanding and see without perceiving. Really it says, hear, hear, or listen, listen, right? Which is kind of like, uh, you know, when you talk about, do you like her or do you like like her, right? It's a listen, listen. Uh, so this is, it's, it's a challenging passage to understand, but what I think it, it's saying is that Israel here is like the husband in my original example. They're quote-unquote hearing, but not really, okay? Hey, Israel, can you take out the trash? Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> That's what it is. This passage is quoted uh, a few times. Does it seem familiar to you in the New Covenant? So Messiah Yeshua quotes this, right, in the Greek writings, to explain why Yeshua uses parables and stories to get to the heart of the children of Israel. Because it's hard. It's hard for us to listen to Shema. I talked to my dad this week, a psychologist, about uh, my top, this topic. Uh, as I frequently do, he's kind of like a consultant, you know, for some of my, uh, for some of my sermons. He reminded me of some, uh, some skills that enable us to grow as listeners... So he said we can listen for feelings, we can listen for content, we can listen with our eyes as well as our ears. Sometimes people communicate more than just the words that we say, right? We can also validate our brother and sister non-judgmentally, and we can affirm them. We can show empathy by mirroring, right? We can summarize what they have said to show we're hearing them, show that we're listening, right? So these these are good tips for for uh, husbands and wives as well, right? Um, or or anyone. We're all we're all called to be listeners. Okay. So the question is, how are we listening? How are we listening to God and listening to others? How are we being still, being silent, being receptive? How are we seeking to understand the stranger, the Midianite, the outsider? poor, the homeless, the depressed? How are we seeking first to understand our spouse, our parents, our children, before being understood ourselves? How are we noticing the unspoken words of those we love, the communication behind the words? After all, the creator and redeemer of all things, God who is over all the earth, He understands us. He shema's to us. He bends his ear and he listens to us. Listening is an expression of love. And we, in his image, we can do likewise. How do I know God listens? Well, this week, as I was working on this sermon, I went to the seminary library. And I found this amazing article. It was an online article and I was working on it. And I got a call from a friend and uh, uh, he needed some help, so I went and helped him, and I tried to pull up the article uh, from a, a nearby coffee shop uh, around here, and uh, I couldn't pull it up, and I was trying to figure it out. I called the library, and uh, I said, hey, uh, can you help me pull up this article for my, uh, it's for my sermon. It's it's just a really good article. It was all about Jethro, and I was learning a lot, and uh and it uh, turns out I had to be present at the library in order to access it. So I said, no problem. So the next the next day, Friday morning, I went and uh, tried to access the, the article on site at the library. And their internet was down. Apparently, a squirrel had chewed through the wires. That's what, that's, I heard this, to be honest, right? So I'm like, okay, what do I do? So uh, I tried to get some help at the front desk, and their computers are slow, and then I finally came back here, and I'm working on the the sermon here, and then I I had an idea. What do you think my idea was? I could pray. I was talking about how God listens to us. Maybe the Lord would listen (laughs) to my prayer, (laughs) and guess what? He did. I was able to, like, right after that, right after I prayed, I was able to find a way to access this article and and move on and and it's just a, a small thing, right? That God is 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 more powerful than the squirrels that eat the wires, right? He's <laughs> he is above all and he hears us and loves us. I want to close uh, with the last part of the haftarah portion. This section of Isaiah was chosen by the rabbis. As a special section of Isaiah, it's not connected to Isaiah 6. It skips to uh, chapter 9, and it's just these two verses. And this is from the prophet Isaiah. It's written hundreds of years before the common era. It's solidified in the Hebrew Bible. May all of Israel, Shema, hear and understand about the child that it mentions in this passage, whoever it may be. For to us, a child is born... A son will be given to us, the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, my Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and shalom, there shall be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it through justice and righteousness from now until forevermore, the zeal of Adonai Tsevaot will accomplish this. Let's pray. Avinu, our father, help us to Shema, help us to be uh, slow to speak and quick to listen. Help us in our close relationships with our spouses, with our children, with our parents to to be good listeners and to show show love by listening, especially to the stranger, to the outsider, uh, to the other, quote unquote, Um, because uh, we were strangers. We were aliens in the land of Egypt, Lord, and we know what it's like. And we thank you, Lord, that you know what it's like, and that even though you're sovereign over the whole earth, you still bend your ear and listen to us, even with the small things, even with the, the online access to articles, and, and you know every hair on our head, Lord, and, and you and you listen to us, and we thank you for that. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen.